All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We are back with Beyond the Bulletin, and this is a special episode. All episodes are special. All They're all episodes are special. Exactly. But today we're going to interview a precious, somewhat hidden parish staff member. A real gem. A real gem. Nay, a ray of sunshine. Oh, Hello. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. So my name is Michael Gormley, coordinator of adult evangelization. I'm joined with Stephen Lanahan, director of communications and development. And hey we have with us Cheryl. Cheryl, why don't you start off Sh- by Cheryl Ray. Cheryl Ray. Oh, yeah. That's important Hence for the my sunshine ray of sunshine, sunshine joke. joke. Yeah. yeah Cheryl, why don't you tell us your title, what you do for the church today? My title is financial assistant. Ooh. Yes, I deal with the money. You deal with the money. I do uh, all accounts receivable, almost all accounts payable. I help with money counting, and I'm also HR. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. HR. (laughs) She is our HR department. Yeah, the so, only HR department. The only HR department. So, Cheryl, <laughs> you you bring a lot of joy to our staff, uh, and mainly because <laughs> of your uh, ability to call us out when we put staples in checks. Um, but <laughs> also, you, you just bring a lot of joy to staff because you're such uh, a funny person. And one of the other things, though, about you on staff is that you are our to- our token what. Non-Catholic. Non-Catholic. That's right. You are non-Catholic, but you work here at St. Anthony of Padua. And we love that about you because it gives a different perspective, and it keeps a lot of us, uh, especially us cradle Catholics, um, on, on our, our toes. toes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely on our cradle. toes. <laughs> you are not cradle. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us. Uh, a big tell, crib for Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um, your faith journey and just how you've come to know the Lord. Well, I've known the Lord for 27 years, and it was... And you're 28 now. Well, 29. <laughs> 29, okay, fair enough. No, but it was during a time of trauma and heartache in my life that I found him. And I had a choice to make one night, either end my life or find Jesus. And so I chose to find Jesus, and it's just been a faith walk ever since. But it's been 27 years. That's awesome. So has it been, uh, has it been easy? Oh, no. Nothing's ever easy. (laughs) Even with our walk with the Lord, it's never easy. But it's been awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because I know where I was and I know where I've been. And I know where I'm going. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. Now, one of my favorite things. Now, on staff, Cheryl and I have a great relationship, uh, yes. a very specific one. Whenever the Lord does miraculous, glorifying things in our in our ministries, she comes into my office. She goes, I got another story to tell you. And we shut it's the door. Our God stories. Yeah, another one of our God stories. Uh, stories of healing, stories of miraculous intervention. So what um, what is your ministry like with your church? Uh, and and the the extra things you do outside of St. Anthony. So bookkeeper by day, prayer warrior by evening, (laughs) in bed bed by 8.30 p.m. That's pretty good, (laughs) except sometimes it's not 8.30 p.m. Like tonight, it might be midnight. But um, I've been at the same church for 27 years, and I pray. I minister. I take the ones that are broken and... Help glue them back together. And then I have a ministry on the side that I minister to. I speak at women's conferences, other churches, you know, anywhere that somebody will give me an opportunity to speak. (laughs) Like right now. Like right now, with a microphone (laughs) in my hand. (laughs) 
and I just like to see the healing come to the hurting people. Yeah. Yeah, so your particular prayer ministry focuses on people coming, seeking healing, whether it's emotional, spiritual, things from their past, physical things. You want to maybe share right. A, right. a story from, um, you know, maybe one of our God stories that we share. One of our other. God stories? Yeah. Um, the one particular comes to mind. Uh, this man and woman came for a prayer one time. And for some reason, I just knew the man needed to leave the room. And so I asked him to leave the room so that we could talk individually with his wife. And then when we bring him back. So he leaves and I just felt like the Lord said, ask her, how long is she going to allow him to beat her? This was a little tiny woman. So you never had, they never indicated anything. You didn't see anything. In the conversation with him and her together, of course, there was nothing. Uh, Usually people will hide it. And when I asked her that, she just started she burst out crying and she's, how did you know? Well, I knew because of the relationship that I had with my ex-husband, I could see all the signs, but then I knew that the Lord had told me that. And so I asked her and it ended up as sad as it was, they did get divorced, but she is on this healing path of 100% Jesus. The Lord is healing her heart, healing her mind, healing her emotions. And she's actually teaching a Bible study right now. And this was a little over a year ago. Wow. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about, I know, um, so we have this, uh, this ministry that our staff is going to be trained by in October here, um, called Elijah rising that's here in the Houston area. And I know you've actually had, um, you've actually participated in this ministry before. It's, it's kind of new to our staff here at St. Anthony's. Can you tell me a little bit about what Elijah rising is and what you've done with them? They are a ministry that goes out and seeks women, sometimes men, that are being held captive in brothels, which is what we see as massage parlors. 99% of the places are massage parlors. Yeah, so sex trafficking. Sex trafficking, human trafficking. And they go out and they build relationships with these women in these brothels, and a lot of times the women will come out of it. The Johns or whoever, you, whatever you want to call them, sometimes will let them go. Most of the time they will not, and they just have to escape. And then they run, they call these people, and then they pick them up, and they have a what we would call a halfway house out in the woods somewhere where no one knows it, it is. And they train them and heal them and help them find jobs and rehabilitate them. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and that whole ministry, the the connection actually that uh, how that came to St. Anthony's is actually not through Cheryl. Um, Cheryl, I was really excited when we announced it to our staff. You were kind of in the back of the room like nodding your head like, yes, this is awesome. But it actually came about because our confirmation coordinator, Karen, um, had knowledge of the ministry and heard about it. And there was a story that another um, congregation somewhere in the Woodlands area had a youth group, and there was a, a young person that was sex trafficked out of the youth group. Like, yes. there had been oh. another yes. teen trained to go in. And so we decided, holy cow, like, if this is going on even in our midst and we don't even realize it, we probably need to be training our own staff to be able to recognize this stuff um, to, to hopefully prevent it from ever happening here. So You yeah. would be surprised at the percentage of the runaways that are sex traffic. Yeah. 
they're not just runaways. Yeah, because they're, they're They've been lured in. Right, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, they run away in because they're going into and this. And somebody yeah. is nice to them one time, and then that's all it takes. Yeah, and so uh, many of us don't understand that right now there is a global system of human trafficking. Um, the majority of human traffic uh, is sent into illegal labor, um, but a sizable, a massive minority of, the, of, of all human trafficking is sex trafficking, right? People put into sex work, um, whether they are underage, whether they are you know, men or women or whatever. Um, we have people on staff that have done, uh, at Franciscan, have done outreaches to like gay male prostitutes being put into these things in Chicago. Our own Mary Beale um, participated in that ministry, which was one of the, the events you could do on your spring break, which is a crazy spring break activity <laughs> yeah. to go, to go like rescue to men out of this <laughs> stuff. And um, the situation in Houston is unique. It was brought to my attention when we hosted the Super Bowl here, yeah. uh, what was it, two years ago now, yep. that um, – all these things were going out about sex trafficking because when, wherever the Super Bowl is hosted or large sporting events, you have an influx of men into the area who are looking to drop a lot of money. They basically treat it like a bachelor party weekend or whatever. Um, it's a part of their vacation, so they have cash on hand. They're there to drink and watch sports and all this stuff. And so these pimps will bring in these children or these young adults or whatever and yeah. the yeah. sex trafficking goes sky high. And yes. I had no idea that Houston has one of the highest, highest levels right. because yes. of the port, because of yeah, all Yeah, I was going to say, it's, yes. it's any major city that hosts a lot of sporting events, that has large airport, that has that could be a port city, that's yeah. kind of a, a crossroads-type city for, and close for to the border. entertainment. Yeah. yeah, and close right. to the border. So it's kind of, when you think of it in that way, it's like, oh, man, like Houston is, unfortunately, the it's in some ways the perfect storm for this kind of thing. So um, I so, was shocked to know the percentage and when Elijah Rising comes, you'll they'll tell you the percentage of sex trafficking that happens in Houston. But I've also taken a bus tour with them, and that's eye-opening because they'll take you to parts of town that you would have never imagined. Yeah, from what I've heard, it, it's not some of these places that they can take you on are not really even outside the woodlands. No, they're, they're here. They're in places the that we pass every day, yes. and we're not. We even, pass them all the time, and we're. We're just looking at them like, oh, okay, there's another massage parlor. Yeah. But what goes on behind closed doors? Yeah. And so speaking as someone who does pastoral ministry, um, I have worked with men, uh, just in my ex- limited experience, pornography addiction is so huge among men and women today. But the, there are a handful of men that I've worked with that if you are addicted to pornography intense enough and over a long enough period... What ends up happening is it chips away at your defenses of normal social interaction, right? right? You begin to make a lot of compromises. And what we find is, and, and I've worked with men who have then, you know, they drive by this massage parlor that for some reason is only open at night. Um, you know, what, what is a massage parlor? All this stuff. And they'll, the windows they'll, are blackened out. Yeah, yeah. Why are your windows blacked out? Is it a casino? Uh, <laughs> so what ends up happening, I, I lived, when I was a youth minister here, I lived in... Um, spring on the other side of 1960, um, down by 249, and within my uh, within one mile of my apartment building, there were three of them that were listed that were known by police. Police have done raids on them, but the problem is wh- those in particular 
there was a news story about it. The uh, ship channel boat comes up, has a bunch of women in crates in those containers, and they're all forcibly addicted to drugs. You ever seen the movie Taken with yeah, Liam Neeson? Yeah. That's what they do. They get them addicted to drugs so they can own them. Yes. And then they put these women in these things, underage women, all this stuff. So I've worked with men at our parish, some affiliate with our parish, some a friend of a friend who knows me. And these are men who have gone to this stuff and ruined their marriages. Yes. Um, and it's not just one person, right? This is multiple people. This is a problem in the woodlands. So, Cheryl, I think it's how great. This is the craziness of our conversation. They're all over the place. They're but I wanted to place. ask you. I wanted to ask you personally. Healing. I want to talk about healing prayer because you have um, a particular talk that you give, that you like to give. Um, you talk about uh, uh Hope deferred. Could you just kind of introduce us to that that concept in Scripture and how you process it for people? It's in Proverbs. And off the top of my head, I cannot remember exactly where. That's okay. We made Brian pray the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, and he made it about halfway through. And before we forgot. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> people get a microphone Don't and they forget. Don't ask me to pray that way. <laughs> but um, it's hope deferred makes the heart sick. And if you stop and think about it, if you've lost hope, then you're sick. Your heart is sick. And when you lose hope in any area of your life, it affects your body. It's like inflammation in your body. And how do you get rid of inflammation in your body? You have to get healed. And so if you've lost hope, you're causing your body to be sick. Now, that could be your mind. That could be your emotions. That could be your physical body. But it causes your heart to be sick. Yeah, anyone who's experienced a breakup, right? right. Like anything. You, it just wrecks you. You don't sleep. A dream, you don't eat. A promise yeah. that has not come to pass. Yeah. That's the bulk of it. I mean, we all have heartaches and everything. But a lot of times, people's dreams and their promises that they feel like they've had from the Lord, it takes years and years sometimes to come to pass. And when I go out and minister and I speak, I, I, I talk about this one promise that I know the Lord has made with me. But it's been 23 years. Now I have a choice. I can just be hurt about it, be bitter about it, let my heart be sick about it, or I can stand and say, no, Lord, I know you promised me that. It's his timetable, not ours. But you have a choice. You either say, okay, God, whatever, or you make your heart sick. One of, the, one of the great lines, I, I do this prison ministry called the Colby Prison Retreat Ministry, and I go to this jail or this prison every uh, other Monday. At least I try to. And one of my favorite things to do is drop my, <laughs> drop my, my rap knowledge on people. Oh, wow. Yes. And so I always, I always say this line. Really, really quick, because yeah. I just got to say, the Houston rap scene is really lame. Okay? I'm just going to throw it, it out there. Because I grew now. up in Atlanta. But no, we have no, no, no. Mike Gormley up and coming. Yeah, yeah that's chicka, right. Chicka. Gomer. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. Because I have a lot of friends that probably will hopefully listen to this podcast. And they always give me a hard time. I'm saying it right here, <laughs> right now. Atlanta rap and hip-hop is superior you're welcome. Back Thank you, Cheryl. Go Thank ahead. you. No, the line from the rapper DMX, okay. right? He, who, the man who barks in his songs, uh, Rough Riders. Um, what he did, he had this great line. Every one of his albums, he has either a prayer or a conversation that he has with God. It's weird because his other songs are all ultra violent, but um, he has these songs and they're super catchy. But he has this line where God is speaking to DMX and DMX is like, how come you haven't done this when I wanted you to do it, blah, blah, blah. And God's, and I've used this line a million times. I may not come when you want, 
but yo, you got to have that but in there. Yo. Yeah. But yo. yo, I'm always on time. And it's this right. notion of our time, the conflict between our timetable and God's And that's the hard timetable. part because yeah. the second part of that verse is desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Mm. Wait, Even I'm sorry. Are we the... talking about Proverbs or DMX now? DMX, he says, I mean, I come when He's you want, but yo, I'm always on You're talking about Proverbs. I'm on God's word. All right, all right, go on. But, and so you have to stop and think in the very beginning. Am I going to let my hope be deferred? Or even in the 23 years that I've been waiting, am I sticking with desire fulfilled? It's already fulfilled in God's timetable. It's just not fulfilled in ours. And so you have a choice. Yeah. You either be sick or you be a tree of life. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. So, uh, Cheryl, real quick, I, I want to give you these quick questions. Lightning round. Best way. I'm in trouble. What is, uh, you said this earlier, staple checks. Let's talk about that. What, what are you talking about when you say this? Origami money. Are you talking about the collection yeah, basket? Yeah, we're talking. We're talking about the collections. On, Let's get really practical here. <laughs> Let's get back to the accounting side of it. We're talking about the collections that we take up on Saturday evening and Sunday. We have people that staple their checks. And you, 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 why, you why is that a problem? It is 2018. Who is still stapling their checks? It's 2018. Who's still writing checks? That's right. I'm right. that to me one but time. But a lot of times we have to scan them to the bank. It won't go through the scanner because it's got the little rip in it. And then for the for the people that let that let their children make cute little animals and stuff out of the dollar bills, and Kill then we me. have to unfold them. That would be a Mike Gormley Holy child. Holy origami. Guys, guys, fold, fold it into a little puppy and then write all over it. <laughs> and then I'll put so John you're saying no origami checks. We don't want that or, kind or of dollars. Origami checks are dollar bills. <laughs> okay, well, as the development guy, I'm going to go ahead and interject. We'll take whatever origami <laughs> money you have. I don't care what it is. Cheryl we'll will be, take it. Cheryl will unfold it with a smile on her face. We'll take it. But, but you should see my money counters. Oh. The ones that I really like, though, is, and I am a colorful person. I love color. But it doesn't bode well when you're writing out your checks. Blue or black ink, people. <laughs> Blue or black? Teal, purple, glitter, pink, glitter, <laughs> orange do not show up on the check scanner. Oh, no. People don't know this. This right, is so why this so is a good, Yeah, this yes, is a good this public is, service announcement. Is, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So okay, so I, I have a question for you. Kind of getting back to, I, I don't know if this is going to be serious or not. I don't know what direction this question is going to go. But Remember, since, Mike is in the room. Yeah, I know. So since you are our, uh, as we, we love to call you, our token non-Catholic on staff, Cheryl, you know, obviously, we've been talking a little bit about some of the on the other episodes of this podcast. We had a town hall um, here at our parish about the recent church scandal. You could go and be a bookkeeper anywhere. Why are you a bookkeeper at St. Anthony? Why are you sticking with us? Um, what What is it that draws you to, to serve here at St. Anthony of Padua? I actually was just asked that question by a lady that I had recently met that was kind of bashing Catholics. And I finally interrupted her after about five minutes. And I said, let me tell you where I work. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I work at a very large Catholic church in the woodlands. And she gasped and she goes, oh, but you're looking for another job. I says, no, actually, I've been here for seven years and I am thoroughly enjoying it. And I tell people this all the time. It's not about 
your religion or my religion. It's about our relationship with each other and with Jesus. And I see nothing but people running as fast as they can towards Jesus at this parish. I've never seen anything that makes me want to go, oh, my gosh, I can't work here any longer. In fact, I really love my job. And from people that have known me for many, many years, including my pastor, can tell you I've never said that about any job that I've been at. So to me, it's the relationship with the people. You don't condemn me because I'm not Catholic. I don't condemn you because you are. And it's our relationship with Jesus. This parish, I don't, and I've never been, you know, at any other parishes, but this parish, everything about it is running towards Jesus, being more like Jesus, being Christ-like. And even in the midst of the church scandal now, all I, all I see is people running towards Jesus and wanting more of him and what he has. So what would you... I don't know, what would you say to someone, you know, who's Catholic, who's, you know, maybe been at St. Anthony's or somewhere, you know, for a long time, who's just kind of struggling right now through all of this? Um, Whose own hearts are sick. Yeah, yeah, like you said, what would you say as as a non-Catholic to a Catholic person who's struggling through this right now? I was actually talking to Mike about this uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, that the Lord showed me that the people that have the Catholic faith are heart sick right now. But the thing about it is, hang on, hang tight, because there is hope. This didn't just happen. The Lord knew that this was going to happen. He knew way back, 2,000 years ago, that this was going to happen to the Catholic Church. And it didn't catch him by surprise. But the thing about it is, is he knows how to clean it up. He knows how to breathe life back into the Catholic Church and make it strong the way that he predestined it to be. And just hold on, keep praying. Don't condemn, don't gossip or backbite about the priest or whoever. Oh, man, that's huge, yeah. Yeah, you know, don't pray for them. Pray for them because the Lord knows what he's doing. And if you read the Bible, it says We in do. There, we do. <laughs> I, I know you do. But it it plainly says in there that things like this are going to happen. So it didn't catch him by surprise. He knows what he's doing. And if this cleans up and brings everything out of hiding, then so be it. Amen. Because he's the one that's going to bring life back to the Catholic Church and restore the hope. Wow. And make it a tree of life. There you go. Um, Well, Cheryl, I think if we ever want a third co-host you're co-host. hired <laughs> I'm yes. Yes. we will definitely we will definitely have to have you back on uh the podcast at some point um just because i think that um there's a wisdom in, in sharing with um those that have a different perspective and it helps us to grow in our faith and i hope that um i hope that as you said that you grow in your faith here on staff um as you're counting money or as you're you know taking care of accounts writing checks. yeah writing checks and and Do making you know sure that god is in my room what do you mean he actually, like, helps me count money, and there's times that I go, Lord, where is this? Where did this check go? And it shows up. Oh. That's because you're at so. St. Anthony's, who's a patron saint of finding lost things. See? See? Well, we'll See? explain that to you on another episode. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. so final words, closing parting shot is 
number one, Cheryl, thank you for coming on. Yeah. I, you were super Appreciate nervous. Like, right when she walked in and saw the microphone, she's like, oh, no, yeah, God. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't prep out. her. We didn't tell her. Yes. <laughs> but so my words to our listeners, do not defer Cheryl's hope. Do not use staples in your checks, black or blue ink only, and do not fold your money into origami. I have hope and I have faith. <laughs> Be a tree of life. This. Be a tree of life for her. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, for joining us. This has been Beyond the Bulletin and our own parish perspective, per, parish staff, parish staff. I want to come up parish with a name. Parish staff pers- perspective. perspective. There you go. Yeah. Boom. Get, get to know your parish staff. Get to know. Get, get to, you know what? We're all friends. It's been here. a ray of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Adios. Adios.